Hello and welcome back to Between the Notes, a motif music podcast recorded at the parlor in Providence, Rhode Island. Today we are sitting down with Jake Hunzinger and the Rock Bottom Band. We want to thank the parlor for hosting, as well as our other sponsors, R1 Indoor Karting, the Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. We'll get started today by enjoying a performance from our guests before Jack Downey sits down with them to discuss their experiences with the local music scene. So sit back, turn up the volume, and enjoy the show. Hey folks, we're Jake Hunslinger and the Rock Bottom Band. Thank you Motif Magazine for having us. Thank you The Parlor for being The Parlor. And thank you everybody who's tuning in right now. So this is the first song of our upcoming album. The song is called Wild Horses of Wyoming. Or as we recently decided, the feral foal from Idaho. Please don't call it that. Back, it's been long. 
very much so like I said that's gonna be the first song of that new album oh, thank you for your applause on everybody um, this next one all right it took me four weeks to steal this from Harry Chapin or six weeks I don't know Zach says the time the time that it took changes all the time um, point is it is now unrecognizable to his estate so they can't sue me so na 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 this song is called moving without me It's a drag on me, 
We all gotta do them and we don't get high. Can someone tell me now that's okay? Always hated my birthday and I've always hated the way. With each passing year, I'm watching people turn into shapes. Everybody's distant and we're all wearing masks. I wish someone told me from the start, open then again, I forgot to ask. Well, I've been losing out of shame, well, maybe a little, but who's to say? I change my mind most every day. Lately, well, I've been thinking I'm happy. Thank you, thank you very much. Alright, so this next song, I'm going to stall while Andrew changes guitars. This song, it took me a little bit to write. Uh, I finished it after binge watching a lot of Gilmore Girls with my mother. Um, it's called Lorelei, because of course, you know. It's one of my favorites. It's, uh, it's also going to be on that new album. The new album is called Wrapped Around the Axle. comes out on CD August 14th. And streaming services, uh, whenever Janelle, our publicist, thinks is a good idea. Because I don't know what I'm doing most of the time with this kind of stuff. Andrew, do you know what you're doing? Nope. Nope. Jamie? Nope. Zach? <laughs> to the folks who can't see him because I'm standing in front of him, he shrugged. Count it in, Zach. You 
Got me wrapped around the axle, but it sure as God wears sandals, I'll be staying in your bed instead of mine. Because I've been so long without you doing things I'm not supposed to, and I've had enough of that for a while. That's actually gonna be the first single off that new album. Uh, you know, I, I like singing with Andrew. I like when we do that. Aww. Yeah. This next song. So sweet. Oh. Well, I've been mean to you lately, so I gotta be <laughs> nice, to, nice to you in front of everybody else. No one's buying it. No one's buying it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's shaking his head. He's like, yeah, he, a little more. All right. This next song is about friendship. No, it's not. <laughs> This is quite the opposite. This song is called The Mess Around. Um, it has a specific kind of dance. It's really whatever you want to do in that moment when you move to dance. It's specific because it's about you. It's, interpret it's interpretive dance. <laughs> All right.
Thanks. Thank you all very much. You guys get winded just now? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not like in the best shape. <laughs> this next song is called... I can read. Um, get There Together. It's actually the first song of the first record. Uh, and it's very popular, very popular with a bunch of fraternity students in southern Massachusetts. Go Corsairs. All the theater kids, too. They like that one. All right. Awesome. Well, I think we got 
Yeah, we got two more anyways. Yeah. I might be ready now. This song was the most recent single that we put out on all streaming services, foreign and domestic. It's called I Might Be Ready Now. And um, I wrote that in college. The professor whose class I wrote it in, well, he liked that song. But, you know, he was kind of upset with me for writing it when I could have been studying for his exams. Uh, but I earned that grade. He likes the song, though. So the song's called I Might Be Ready Now.
right, you gotta speak in the microphone. I'm talking to you folks. This next song, this last song for this evening, is called Forever I'm Your Friend in Jeopardy, or just Jeopardy if you're into the brevity thing. I wrote it from my friend Tyler who joined the Navy during the worst of COVID. So, Tyler, if you're watching, love you, buddy. Thank you all very much. My name is Jake Hunsinger. On the lead guitar, we got Andrew Donnelly. On the drums, we got Zach Wedge. And on the bass guitar, we got Jamie Doyle. Uh, we'll be back in a little bit. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Between the Notes with Motif Magazine. My name is Jack Downey, 
And we are once again here at the parlor in Providence, Rhode Island with Jake Hunzinger and the Rock Bottom Band. How you doing, guys? I'm doing real good. What about you guys? Yeah, same. Yep, yep. Good, good here. All I'm good. trying to confirm. How are you? <laughs> Terrible. I'm doing well, thank you. You're good? I'm great, yeah. No, it was a good day at work today, so. Okay. Working for Motif Mag. I'm an intern. But um, I haven't done one of these in like two months, so we'll see how this goes. But I'm feeling ready because... I haven't done one of these in about 24 Ever. years, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to start it off, I just want to say you guys did a phenomenal job. You guys really killed it. I've, uh, you know, like I was talking to you earlier, I followed you guys' Instagram for a while, and I've listened to some of your tunes, and it was great to actually hear the music live, and to hear some new songs, which uh, we'll talk about in a bit, in a minute, in a minute, excuse me. Um, 50 but, seconds now. Yeah. <laughs> but... Great job, you guys. Uh, it was Thank really you superb. very much. And so what was interesting is saying that you guys have a country influence would be kind of just like a low-hanging fruit. But what I was also hearing was almost like a 90s indie sound from, from the UK. I listen to a lot of that stuff, and there's a lot of emphasis on rhythm guitar being acoustic and kind of a lighter, twangier lead guitar. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I was just going to ask, uh, do you have any influences in that genre, and what are your influences overall? So with that in particular, um, I can only speak for myself, but I'll pass it around so everybody gets something to say. But like, for me, like that, that kind of era, are you talking about like 90s, like Britpop kind of jangly stuff? Britpop, yeah. I would just say like indie in general, honestly. Like, yeah, okay. Do you know Sarah Records? I'm afraid not, no. Okay. That's kind of the, the specific vibe I was getting, but well, something to put on in the car. Too. Something to put on when I get in the car. Um, but if you're gonna like look for like a '90s indie type of thing, um, this is kind of by accident. But people say we have a very Hootie and the Blowfish vibe. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my heart. Um, <laughs> not a sponsor. Um, <laughs> but um, you know that's all kind of by accident. For me, my personal like influences that I try not to deliberately do, but are kind of all over my music, Right. are like Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, George Jones, Billy Joe Shaver, um, Leonard Cohen when I get moody. Um, right now, like with the earlier songs, there's a lot of Springsteen and Bob Dylan, but this new stuff is a lot more, you know, at least with my singing, George Jones and Billy Joe Shaver. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I can, like, speaking for myself, if there's any 90s, 90s influences in my playing, it's definitely not indie. It's just not my cup of tea. Like, mm -hmm. any 90s in my playing would be, like, a lot of, like, the big, like, the metal bands from the 90s, like Metallica, really? okay. Metallica, Pantera, Death, a lot of those kinds of bands. When um, we met, he was only a metal guy. Yeah. And then, like, you know, obviously, like, grunge and that stuff. Like, every you know, everybody listens to at least some of that. Um, it's pretty I, unavoidable, I, yeah. I wouldn't call that stuff as direct, but it's just, like... You know, any any music with drums in it to me is study material. So, yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that there was. You know, if if there was anything drum wise that was that you heard that that reminded you of that, it wasn't intentional or or a direct influence. But, you know, it's all kind of, it's all kind of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything. Well, kind of you were definitely over. hammering the drums on that song "Mess Around." So yeah, I can, I can see the metal influence. Yeah. So sure. that was that's all like Iron Maiden right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I ripped that all right right, right from there. But I think there's like a really interesting difference between like conscious and subconscious subconscious influences. You know, things you know you want to do and things that kind of just bleed in through osmosis. But, right. You know, what about you guys? I grew up listening to a lot of different kinds of music. So I, I listened to my parents both listened to a lot of 
uh, 90s grunge and 90s indies mu- indie music, 2000s country and 90s country, and like Irish folk music and reggae. So <laughs> I have a, a, a quite a wide variety of, of musical and rhythmic influences that, that inspire my bass playing. I can't really speak to anything specific at the moment because my mind goes blank in interviews, but <laughs> I'll pass to Andrew now. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so uh, I am by far the oldest in the band. So uh, '90s influence. I grew up in the '90s. That was like I was in high school in the '90s. So. Oh, brother, yeah, this yeah. guy's old. <laughs> that too. So the uh, yeah. So so the, the influence is definitely there. I mean, I grew up when I was in high school. Ska was just coming out, and that was like the big oh, thing. Right. Man, yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. it. You know, but uh, uh, you know, I listened to when I was kind of developing my musical taste. I listened to a lot of. So I don't know if anyone remembers BRU back in the day, but. 95.5 BR, you still listen to that all the time, and stuff like, you know, I can't remember names now, but, uh, you know, basically, I if it was on uh, an alternative rock radio, I would listen to it, so that's probably where any of the 90s you got comes directly from my, my biography, my life, you know, because I lived it, so. <laughs> but, like, for you, too, there's, like, a lot of, like, like, talking about just, like, general influences, like, you know, you are, like, the, har- uh, the harmony guru, and you know, Big Daddy there. Yeah, well, I, I do love, uh, so what I'm into now, I listen to a lot of folk music, um, traditional bluegrass. Uh, I also love blues and stuff. So one of my favorite bands is a, a Canadian female tr- a folk trio from Canada, and, and they're really he- harmony heavy. So I've always dreamed of singing harmony in a band and uh, just kind of like forced it on them and told them that it's going to happen no matter what. So I don't think harmonies have ever hurt any band, honestly. So Yeah, no, I agree. But yeah, that, that's kind of where my influence is at the moment, at least. Yeah, as a fellow harmony singer in a band, oh, no. I, oh, nice. I, I get the uh, I get the appeal. I could I could tell just by looking at you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad it comes across. It's the, always the most handsome one in the band. That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you. He's yeah. like Billy on the street going up to people saying, "Hey, do you want to sing harmony with me?" And they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Who are you? Get out of my bathroom." <laughs> so I guess the question is, having heard all these influences, how did you guys come together to play the music that you play, and particularly you being being so in the metal? Uh, so Jake and I went to school together, and it was always that like. Jamie know, went too, by the way. Oh yeah, so did Jamie, but I didn't meet him until <laughs> he joined us. But Jake, I knew we were friends before, and it was kind of that like elephant in the room of like, hey, we both play instruments, let's play together. My girlfriend then, at the time introduced and, us, and uh, I say, "You play drums," and you go, "You play guitar?" Or like, "Yeah." And we didn't say anything. Yeah, and then we knew each other for like a year and didn't play ever. And then you just asked me to record on your. We recorded the first EP. And I think it was initially just kind of supposed to be just like a, I record for him and then we call that a day. But we ended up, uh, it was the three of us. We have uh, the new guy over there. <laughs> He's a jolly good rookie. So he joined after we recorded that. But yeah, the three of us ended up just kind of hitting it off super well. Like we get along, got along super well and we ended up liking like what we were hearing. So it kind of just fell together. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I came into it was just, you know, I kind of I kind of knew him and um, yeah, I was a friend who happened to play the drums, and then and we ended up just having a real chemistry that worked well together. Yeah, and um, well, let me just add this real quick. We were coffee buddies before we were music buddies. I don't think we talked about music in any real way until I was like, oh, i got to record these songs now. And well, because we couldn't because I hated everything you listened to. Every time you were like, yeah, George Jones, and I'm like... I didn't even talk about George like, Jones where are the, bl- the first like, where are the blast beats? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blast beat you. Um, here's Jamie with the weather. I just woke up one day and I was in the middle of playing a band with these guys. I don't. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of hatched him from an egg like this. Yeah. Don't care about 
I was. Uh, he was a century egg. A bass player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We need a bass player. Yeah, you know, you gotta. You, you gotta, you gotta do like the Zeus Athena thing where you think them into an existence, and then like with drummers, they kind of just combust. So you gotta find a new one. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. We're talking about <laughs> Spinal Tap, and uh, I was, I was playing uh, live with this. Uh, it was myself on the resonator, and uh, this other gentleman named uh, Jamie Craighead. We were playing. Um, Kind of same kind of venues. Uh, it was just the two of us doing a lot of like bluegrass CE sounds, and he and he asked me to uh, to join him on the EP. And again, that's like what Zach was saying. That's where kind of all of it came from was us joining together on the EP and then being like, hey, you know, it sounds kind of good. Let's see if we can get a show. And we did. We got our first show February 2020. It was the first and only show for a long time because everything got shut down. You're missing the show where you were in Portugal for a month. Um, that's true. And we that's had to true. replace you for uh, that one. The, it was the CD release show of all things. Right. Because we asked Jamie to hop on for that show. And I was like, yeah, that's the day that we hatched him. <laughs> yeah. I sat on that egg for 30 minutes. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Andrew was doing Army Guy stuff in Portugal. And then we got my friend Tyler um, from Kingston Throwdown to, uh, to hop on. And um, we said, dress, dress for the part. And he showed up in a suit with musical notes on. It was a white suit with musical notes. And it was a purple shirt and a tie. And he looked like he taught math to preschoolers by rapping. Um, <laughs> and it was awesome. And we have these videos everywhere. Because I'm looking like, you know, like he just pulled me out of like, you know, I, I, like some sort of 70s cartoon. Spaghetti Western. Spaghetti Western. Yeah, you call me arm. Do I look like spaghetti? Um, somebody said I have spaghetti arms. And I'm very sensitive about that. <laughs> crying um but yeah that was that was our first show like doing these songs for people as you know beyond just me and then that show in february that you're talking about with hollow turtle beth Barron, and jake wasson who are just some of the coolest people we know Um, one hell of a ticket right there that was a great show yeah i'll say Uh, hey if you guys are watching hi didn't see you there <laughs> take, take this away from take it away from me. Riveting material here. I can say that does not happen a lot during interviews, so you, st- you guys stand out now. You can, you can make fun of them, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. But um, you were talking about being coffee buddies before uh, you were in a band together. I, pr- I actually have only recently just started getting back into coffee because my family's a coffee maker and they have these like special. I don't know where they get the, the K-Cups from. They're not from Dunkin's, because Dunkin' messes with me in unforeseeable ways, so I don't like to drink it. But this coffee's really good, so I have to ask, like, what is your go-to uh, coffee-related drink? There is a brand of, I don't know, I, I know they do K-Cups. I don't know if they do, like, ground coffee or anything, but Death Wish Coffee. It's a yes. dark roast, like, insanely okay. strong, just straight black. It's great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a straight black coffee guy, too. Um, doesn't matter how hot or how cold it is, it's always going to be a hot black cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like, I'm going to sound incredibly like basic, I guess, but I love the Sumatra. Well, actually, okay, if I'm going to get like a, like a coffee that's like different every time, but still black coffee, I go to Latte Love in Cranston because it's right near my house and I love that place. But if I'm going to, you know, make it at home, it's going to be like the dark roast Sumatra Starbu- Starbucks blend, you know, because it's like, Expensive dirt. I just love it. Um, you don't drink coffee. I don't. No, I don't. I don't drink coffee. I don't like. I don't like the taste of it. Never have. Yeah. No coffee ice cream. No coffee milk cabinet. Whatever. Don't like it. I've never understood coffee milk. 
Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's really just, I mean, it's good. I had it once, but it was like basically just melted coffee ice cream. At that point, I would just eat the ice cream. You I'll, know? Kill, I'll but, kill a five hour energy shot, though. There you caffeine, go. yeah, so. It gets the job done. I get the, I, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get the drug from somewhere at least. So I notoriously drink a lot of coffee, um, but I drink like all sorts of stuff. Like, I don't have a go to per se. Like, it depends on where I go. Like, some of the, you know, especially like, you know, being from the South Shore, Mass, there's a lot of places in New Bedford and Dartmouth and Fairhaven and that area that have a lot of like really unique, like, specialty things. Mm-hmm. My go to at home is hot coffee with cream and two equal because that's how my mother used to drink it growing up. And that's just what I grew around hurting. So I've just grown to like that. Hi, mom, if you're watching. Um, the best coffee drink I ever had was there was a place. I used to have, my family used to have a little cabin in New Hampshire, and it was in uh, it was in Ware, New Hampshire. But there was a little town called Goffstown, tiny like time capsule looking place, and there was this cafe there called uh, called uh, Apotheca, Apothecary, something like that. It was the Apotheca, yeah. And we went years a couple years ago, and they had one. It was called uh, it was called the Nutty Professor, and it was basically like a Reese's peanut butter cup like cappuccino, and it was like the greatest thing I've ever drank. It was unbelievable. It, I, I don't really like sugary drinks, but, like, they they did it right. Yeah, I don't like, like, overly sweet coffee drinks. Like, you know, I hate when people, like, get a cup of coffee and they add, like, 30 pumps of chocolate and <laughs> caramel. Like, at that point, just go buy a bottle of Hershey syrup and drink it. Like Speaking of chocolate, remember when you made the Aztec hot chocolate, but you put peppers that were too hot in oh, it? Oh, yeah. And you, like, I got, so, like, high from it. I don't know what you did, but so, it just messed me up. So I'm a history major, and I also love to cook. So okay. I made a experimental, uh, like tried to make hot chocolate the way the Aztecs did, like pre pre Columbus. Right. Okay. And it's disgusting. Like it really? is because there's no sugar. Yours there's, was disgusting. There's, there's no cream. <clears throat> yeah. It's, there's no sugar. There's no cream. It's just like uh, bitter, like chocolate with no sweetener, and like they would put like chili peppers in it. But I bought the wrong right. pepper. They didn't have jalapeno, so I said, oh, I'll buy a Serrano, not realizing it's, like, <laughs> way hotter. So, like, it was it was you, our buddy Connor, and our friend Jared were over, and we all drank, and I thought we were all going to die. Like, we took, we took one sip, and we were all, like, panting, red in the face, sweating. Oh, Connor and I were, were apparently really dumb that day because we kept going, okay, because we were like, okay, it's going to get good at some point. Yeah, you point. guys were trying to convince yourself it was good because you felt bad. You, didn't feel, you, you felt guilty spitting it out, so you were like, oh, yeah, it's so good. Meanwhile, I'm in the kitchen crying, <laughs> <laughs> dumping the thing in the woods. Yeah, not not a fan of spicy spicy foods? We're, 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 I, well, I like spicy foods, but, like, with it, within reason. Right, okay, that makes sense. That's gross. fair. And it's also that, like, uh, like, there are certain flavors that I'm not used to eating just from, like, what I grew up eating, so, like, uh, bitter, unsweetened chocolate with Serrano pepper is definitely one of those combinations. I can't say I've eaten much in my life, so it was just like spicy in a weird context that I wasn't used to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, admittedly, yeah, that that could be. Yeah, like if we eat like, sure. like 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 Indian yeah. food is spicy, so like when you're eating that, you expect it to be spicy, and that's mm-hmm. a combination that goes well. But I, yeah. I would kill for some Ethiopian food right now. Oh, that stuff's yeah. great. Oh, well, I'm gonna get Indian food on the way home now. It sounds so good. Oh yeah. Is there an Ethiopian place near here? Uh, no, we got to go to like Medford, I think. Ah, okay. Yeah. Is it worth the drive? I haven't been to that one. The last time I had it, it was in D.C. Okay. Oh, okay. And it was really good then. So I've been like, I've been craving it. Yeah, Ethiopian food for years. Cool. I've been on the hunt. <laughs> food talk with Jake Hunter in the rock <laughs> Up next, we got Gordon Ramsay, not a sponsor. <laughs> so I've been notified that we have like five minutes left, so we should probably oh, steer crap. the conversation yeah. to something musical. But um. <laughs> Uh, so I was talking to Jake a little, bit, a little bit about this earlier, but I saw that you guys did one of those least of all direct-to-vinyl sessions, so could you guys tell me a little bit about that? Because, like I was telling you, I got an email from them 
like three years ago, and I didn't really know what to make of it. And you, you were telling me that it was a really great experience. So how, how'd it go? So to, to be short on words, which is really hard for me, um, <laughs> it was really great. We were a little suspicious at first because you get a solicitation email when you're in the music business. You might automatically go, uh, no, no, you're not taking my credit card. Yeah, um, yeah, so I always operate under the, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But that's so. honestly been wrong uh, for a lot of things. Uh, I, I, you know, we, we, we're big believers in trust but verify. And so I reached out and they're like, hey, I know why you think that, but I promise, like, we're legit. And they were. So when we were playing in Manhattan last two weeks ago, hey, Nate Cozzolino, um, we, um, we recorded 22, sorry, 21, least of all records. Um, also, Jules, you did a great job if you're watching. Um, Jules was the uh, engineer. They were great. Um, and, um, you know, we did that. Then we played our show in Manhattan. And it was all just quick, fun, and profitable. Like, like it, it, it was everything that they promised and then more. You know, I highly recommend anybody reaching out to them or accepting an offer if they reach out to you. Yeah, and it was cool. It was, like, very laid back. Like, there was no, like, it, it, it was efficient. It was still professional. Like, I didn't feel, like, super under pressure. But it was still, like, you know, you... Because we did what twenty two songs, yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, twenty one. We so were gonna like, do twenty two, and then we so got yeah. tired. So it's like you got to do twenty twenty one, twenty two songs, and we did what two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. So you know, it's very like one after the other, but it's never like there was never a point where I was like, oh my god, we're running out of time. Like I never felt like I was being rushed or, you know, yelled at by a professional who saw us as just a bunch of dumb kids. Like it was a super professional but super like relaxed experience. It's also like a big. It's a, it's, it's a big thing to feel like, you know, like people out there are listening who aren't in your immediate vicinity and go, I like that so much, I want to help them make money on it, you know? So thank you least of all. Yeah, especially like in a city like New York where there's just music everywhere. Like for them to go out of their way to contact a band from Providence, it was a, it was a good feeling. It was amazing, yeah. What else you got for us? So let's talk a little bit about your upcoming new album. Uh, it was called Wrapped Around the Axle, I believe you said. Yeah, that was uh, so. That's a lyric in Lorelei. Um, the full lyric is, "You got me wrapped around the axle, but as sure as God wears sandals, and so does Andrew." Hold your feet up to the camera, buddy. <laughs> Look at those mandals. It's like thirty bucks. Right? Yeah, that's thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's just giving out free feet pics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Okay, Venmo me twenty bucks, everybody at home. Um, you're not gonna see a dollar. Um, actually, but that was an Andrew saying, and I liked it so much. Um, I was having a little crisis when he first used that, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta put that in the song." And then it became the album title, because um, I think it really encapsulates the broad theme of you know everything that's going to be on that record. Um, you know, every song on that, except for one, has been written in the last two years. And um, no, uh, I remember everything is the only one that's like old. Oh, I thought you meant them. I thought you. Yeah, no, all the newer songs. We, we technically were writing the album up until the last minute, like the last session, mm. just fine-tuning lyrics and like a little things. Uh, George Dusso was our producer, Galilee Productions. I love that man. Yeah, thank you, George. Yeah, really. Th yeah. And um, if you're watching, thanks again for everything. And if you're not watching, thanks again. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever could tell him for me, tell him I said thanks again. Um, and Zach, too, and Andrew and Jamie. Um, but yeah, we're going to be working with him again, too. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, if he'll have us back, we'll be going back to him for a long time. That's great. It's always great when you find someone who's able to kind of pull out your artistic vision in the way that you were hoping. And you, you mentioned as well that um, Lauren King provides a lot of the backing vocals on the album. 
Let me actually thank everybody who contributed to the album. Perfect, go for it. Ben Richard from Hollow Turtle and his own solo project, who, by the way, he's a fantastic songwriter in his own right. And he also, played fiddle. He's also our unofficial, official fifth member because yeah. he played with this band more than I have at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I give him a call. I'm like, Ben, Dusk, 10 minutes? And be like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then, then we'll share a beer and talk about... If, if you ever have Ben on this, okay, ask him about the pig. Okay. The, the pig? There's like a legitimate pig like that he loves to talk about. Okay. Um, also, Lauren King, like you said, you know, she also a fantastic songwriter. And Absolutely. Uh, probably, and, and I don't want to like, I, I don't like like talking about like, you know, who's like awesome, but I, I, I love Lauren King's voice a lot. And I think everybody agrees, you know, that she's got something, you know, in her voice that's just amazing. Um, and, um, yeah, thank you, Lauren, for singing on the album and making it better. Um, and Chris Brooks from Evening Sky and a few other projects, he played pedal steel for us. And he was just, we, we, even though we're a bunch of goofballs, you know, like we care about like, you know, people like showing up and being, you know, just professionals. And he was just the most absolute gentleman. Yeah, like two takes on every song. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And like, like the, he was a complete mensch and I want to work with him again too when I write songs that need pedal steel. Yeah. Like, he completely changed the entire dynamic of the record. Yeah, and it's like one of those things, like, I have a hard time with pedal steel because it's one of those things where, like, it can be overdone. It can be very much like, ah, how do we make this sound like a country song? Throw mm -hmm. a wailing pedal steel behind it. Every single thing he played is perfect. Like, George it, described him as, like, butter on toast in the it, morning. It sold me. Wow. On, like, okay. it's, it's, like, every single moment he played, I was sold. There was not, not a single moment where I was like, ah, oh, I don't know, that's a little cheesy. It was, like, perfectly done. He plays on... One, Six songs. Five, yeah, a bunch, like a good chunk of the album. Like, it's not like one... We had to stop ourselves from asking him to play on all of them because certain songs just didn't need it. You know, like, yeah. Lorelei, like, that recording was already done. You know, George played guitar on that. And we're like, ooh, maybe we could put the pedal steel in here, too. But it'd be kind of redundant with what George was doing. So we kind of just, like, you know, bit our knuckles. We're like, okay, he's already unlocked everything and Lorelei's done. Let's just let it be, you know? But, Yeah. He's great. They're all great. You know, like we're very fortunate to know so many folks who are willing to contribute and and are just really willing to, you know, to help us achieve something, you know. Yeah, and show up and be professional about it. Like it's not like they showed up and were like, hey, I've never listened to this song. You know what I mean? Like they showed up like with their parts ready to go. So it was quick. Like Lauren showed up, you know, every song was only a couple of takes. Same thing with Ben. He nailed his fiddle pretty quickly. Chris, Chris yeah. on pedal steel was yeah, like I said, it was two takes on every song, and most of it was like cautionary, as cautionary second take just in case. Yeah. Like he was like an absolute top of the line professional about it. People are great. Providence is great, you know. Providence has a lot of great musicians for sure. <clears throat> yeah. And you said that it was coming out on CD on August fourteenth. Is it being put out by any specific label, or are you guys self-producing it? So this album is put out through Hobo Castle, run by our dear friend Wiley Bumtail. Um, right, I think I follow them actually. Yeah, Wiley's a good that. guy, and um, he he has a lot of faith in us, and he um, he re he actually really helped with the art too, because that was like the last thing, you know. Because so we have a publicist now. Uh, we work with uh, Greenlight Go, um, and the, we got everything that they needed, but we couldn't get art because we couldn't decide on what we wanted to do with it. Then Wiley was like, "Oh, I got an idea," and then we got it all from him, and it was perfect. It's completely, it's a very fine vis visual representation of what this sounds like. And it's funny, it's like not the album cover I expected at all, but it's perfect. Yeah, no, I, 
it exceeded expectations. And I'm happy Andrew pushed for art as opposed to pictures. Because, like, we didn't have enough time to take, like, a stylized picture. You know? I mean, we're all incredibly busy. You know, the fact that we get to do this as much as we do, like, we got to fight to make it happen. But we do, because we have too much fun. Um, like, you know, people always tell you, you know, if you really care about it, like, you'll find the time for it. So yeah. it sounds like you guys really care about it if you have all this stuff going on. Because it does seem like you guys are incredibly prolific. I mean, you guys are playing shows all over Providence all the yeah, time. This is our third this weekend. Yeah. Really? Well, week. Monday, yeah. but This is my, from Thursday through today, I do this full time. This is my only job. I, this is my sixth and tomorrow I do seven and eighth, and then I stop for Wednesday, and then I got another seven to go. Um, I could have been an accountant, but I'm really bad at math, so I had to do this. I only got two options. Um, Couldn't become a musical accountant. I don't think anybody wants to sing to me. Well, yeah, yeah, come on, dude. There. I'm your CPI. You're going to jail for tax evasion. It's it's free jazz. So this question is kind of a loaded one, I guess. But which of the songs off of your new album would you say is the is your favorite? Not necessarily the best, because you don't want to pit songs against one another. But which ones are your favorites? I pin them against each other all the time. Oh, okay. No, I'm I, I'm a very much a big believer in like being very cruel and critical on your work to make it as best as it can be. You know, obviously don't like get yourself wrapped around the axle. But like, yeah. But um, trademarked. Um, but. Right now, it's Lorelei because I wrote that with certain challenges in mind that I accomplished. And Keep Me In Mind, which you guys didn't get to hear yet, but it's my favorite song uh, that's like a B-side. Lauren sings beautiful harmony on that, and so does Zach. Um, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, because Andrew was doing Army Guy stuff that day. Um, Keep Me In Mind is my favorite. Lorelei, I think, is the best. Favorite to play or favorite in general? Uh, both. Uh, favorite to play is Mess Around, because it's just rage. <laughs> and then uh, favorite would be Keep Me In Mind. Uh, I like the instrumentation and the arrangement on that a lot. Yeah. I'm happy you say that. Two for Keep Me In Mind. I'll follow up with Jamie said I'll do favorite live, favorite to play, and then favorite on the album. Favorite to play live, I would probably agree with Mess Around. Not Black Eye? Black, oh, we have another song called Black, Black. Eye. Black Eye is hard. I'm always tired by the end of it. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite on the album is probably I Remember Everything. No, that's... Oh, I Remember Everything is, yeah. It's... It's kind of the most experimental sonically. Um, I mean, like a lot more, you know, a lot of the songs kind of fit into the kind of the country umbrella as far as like instrumentation goes. You know, things like banjo and mandolin, and pedal steel, a lot of those stuff. Uh, I remember everything we got very, a little bit more avant-garde with, got a little bit more broad with our sound choices on it. Um, and it just came together so well. Your percussion on that was really impressive, by the way. Uh, so I, I think my favorite's um, Jeopardy, a song about friendship, positive, <laughs> and makes me feel nice. Uh, but it was it's it's Hold funny, catchy and stuff. So I like that one the best. Oh, that's very romantic. You want me to switch seats with him? Oh uh, no, I want you to put your hand in there. Oh okay. <laughs> All right. So it seems like people have a lot to look forward to when the album drops on August fourteenth. So and another date when it comes out on streaming services. Yeah. So. We're having, this is actually the first announcement about it, we're having an eight-band show to celebrate the release of this album at dusk on Sunday, August 14th. All right. 14th, yeah. Don't, don't throw me off, dude. Okay, I'm going to get in trouble with a lot of people. Um, yeah, and you'll be able to buy a copy there. We'll be streaming it 
about a month later. And yeah, it's going to be a good evening. Eight bands, all the ones you know and love, and some new folks too. Um, Zach will be playing in two bands, and neither one of them is this band. He quit. All right, um, well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Rock Bottom Band is having an album release show, or a preemptive album release show, on August 14th at dusk with eight bands, which that's pretty big. There are not a lot of bills in the area that are that packed with talent, so I would suggest checking it out if you don't have anything else going on. We'll be advertising it and putting up stuff soon. Posters are hard to make. Oh, thank you, Anthony Lancelotti from Stone Nobles for making all of our most recent posters. He's, he's, uh, he's a buddy of mine who I grew up with, um, and he's just got a great visual eye. He's, he's very theatrical. He understands creating stuff in a way that I... He lives there while I can only visit sometimes, you know? They quote the John Mayer, Jason Isbell thing. He's why I write songs, actually, Anthony. Uh, Lance. D, none of the above. All right, I think this is the point where we wrap it up. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It really, you guys really knocked it out of the park. That was a very entertaining interview. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for asking good questions. I try my best. And for not like, you you know, like cattle prodding us every time we got off topic and talked about chocolate. (laughs) You started it. Well, you made the chocolate. You made the hot chocolate. Not a lot of bands talk about chocolate, so I'm willing to to indulge it. Leave the stream rolling. We're about to have a fist fight. We're like the Eagles, except we really hate each other. (laughs) Thank you, Motif. Thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. Uh, Thank you, as always, to The Parlor for having us in their beautiful space. And thank you to our sponsors, Trinity Beer Garden, R1 Racing, and Graysale Brewing uh, for making this happen. So until next time, you can check this out on The Parlor's Facebook and on Spotify at some point when this gets uploaded. And so, yeah, definitely check that out. Share it around. And uh, I will see you the next time that I'm on here. Until then, have a great day. This has been Motifs Between the Notes. We would like to take a moment to once more thank the sponsors for this episode, The Parlor, R1 Indoor Karting, The Trinity Brewhouse Beer Garden, and Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. And thank you for listening.